Welcome back to the Box Jumper Podcast for part two of my chat with RX Smart Gear CEO David Newman. Let's jump right into it as David touches on his experience going to the CrossFit Regionals on a team, the RX method for learning double unders, and his gutsy introduction of drag ropes to the CrossFit Games director, Dave Castro, that resulted in their being included in phase one of the CrossFit Games, which certainly threw an interesting twist into the test of fitness that was the awful Annie workout. We also chat about the ongoing state of entrepreneurial innovation he finds his company in to satisfy the changing needs of the evolving fitness marketplace. All that and more in 10 seconds as we continue with my chat with David Newman about RX Smart Gear's journey from garage passion business to global gear maker. You yourself have have uh, been to regionals. I have to assume that double unders came up during some of your workouts while there as well. Uh, I I competed in two regionals, one as an individual, mm-hmm. and there were no double unders in in any of the workouts. Back at oh, that, wow. year, yeah, that year they did not. Uh, that was the year that um, all the workouts were different per region, right? Like, oh like yeah. The, the regional director would come up with the workouts for that region, right? Mm-hmm. So it was 12 and, um, So, yeah, we didn't have any double-unders in, in that weekend. And then the following year, 2011, I qualified on a team. Actually, I qualified as an individual again, but how did that go? Um, I, no, well, I, I, I competed team. I Actually, I don't think I qualified as an individual. I, I take that back. I think I, I think just on a team – uh, qualified again and, and, uh, again, did not have double unders in, in those workouts. Um, so yeah, never, I mean, never had to compete double unders, uh, in a, in a regional workout, but, uh, and I'm okay. I mean, there are people that are way better than me. It's funny. People think just because like, Oh, you know, you invented those ropes or you created them or whatever, you must be, you know, like buddy Lee, uh, to <laughs> counterpart. and, um, it's funny. We're on complete opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, Buddy Lee is is phenomenal with a jump rope and probably one of the best showmen out there with a jump rope in his hands. Very charismatic. I love watching a show, but I feel like our strengths are on the other end of it in, in developing really smart, sound products that work, right? Uh, high quality and teaching. I feel like our our ability to teach people is is uh, above anybody out there yeah I, I i would have to agree i mean um I, I, you know i've never been to one of uh, buddy's seminars but um you know I, i've watched your um comprehensive double under tutorial um on the rx smart gear uh, method um and or the rx method rather on your smart gear channel and it's absolutely fantastic I, i'm going to be recommending to everyone that i talk to to watch it all the way through um because you break down you break down the component parts in really interesting ways um and i think you know when you were talking about the elite athletes needing a reminder of some of those foundational elements um i i think you can kind of see an inkling as to why that would be beneficial when you watch that that video series 100% yeah no i will appreciate that that's super cool um i'm glad you you enjoyed that and and found value out of it and that that was the whole point we put that out kind of at the beginning of quarantine mm-hmm. and 
just because we weren't able to travel and teach our workshop and see people in person. So we thought, man, a lot of people are stuck at home and, and uh, you know what, let's help them get their double under. So we just put that content out there for free, mm-hmm. uh, accessible to anybody. And, and um, uh, so it, it, it's so the way we broke it down is, is just, you know, it, it's funny when I'm at power monkey camp with these other amazing coaches who are so knowledgeable and so experienced in their discipline. And we start talking, coaching technique, coaching cues, biomechanics of movement and the different things going on. And the funny thing is we find so many crossover uh, things that apply. And it was so funny because uh, I don't know if you, if you're familiar with Jeff Martone, the the godfather of kettlebell. uh, Oh yeah. and his his count his counterpart is is Zach Filer. You know those two teach the kettlebell course. You know for CrossFit for years. Mm-hmm. And one of the most entertaining one of the most entertaining uh, instructors or lecturers you could ever be in a class with. Mm-hmm. I cannot recommend enough. Uh, you'll learn so much about kettlebell, but you'll be so entertained by by Jeff and Zach if you do their workshop because they're just a hoot. So anyway, it's passing by. Zach and those guys have all, you know, taken the jump rope course at the, the Power Monkey Camp and, uh, and picked up on the cues. And, um, and it's so cool because Zach was walking by and uh, at this last camp and he goes, Dave, he, he, goes, I, he goes, I was giving the same cue you give, which is elbows back, right? That's a huge cue for us is for people to bend their elbows and point them backwards to get in the right position. And he goes, I give that exact same cue to teach people how to do a, a kettlebell clean and jerk, right? You know, when they're going to, to do the clean part of it, they got to pull the elbow, you know, high and back, a little bit different direction, but same concept. Mm-hmm. And he used that reinforcement. He said, hey, when you go down to the jump rope station and, and take Dave's RX method course, he's going to say the same thing, you know? And, and so it's neat to see these different uh, crossovers in, in technique. But yeah, it, it, you know, we've broken it down so that, the way we teach it, you know, it's single unders to double unders to triple unders. And then once you have that as your base foundation, adding other movements in, if you want to get into freestyle, get into crisscrosses, double unders with a cross, side swings, all these other freestyle or boxing style movements, you have the foundation nailed down. Those are the main things that you need to, you know, really have a good grasp of and, and everything can be can be built on top of that and so yeah with uh you know and that's why the other thing people don't realize a single under and double under are are two completely different skills would you agree with me oh yeah right yeah two completely different skills they look a lot alike right they kind of perform the same way but the the input from the body right the 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 explosion uh you know and, and and the um the tempo of it are so different that I have to call them two different movements. And you'll come across those people that have been perfecting their double unders for years and still can't get a, or perfecting their singles and still can't get a double. And then you get the people, you know, like competitive athletes who have been doing double unders for so long that they can't go back to singles. They, they struggle with that. We saw a video of Rich Froning and Sarah Sigmund's daughter is one of uh, Chris Hinshaw's videos. Yeah, you know, that's the one I was referring to earlier. I, I remember them just struggling to to oh, not yeah. snap the rope twice. And they, and they were using they were using my Zeus jump rope, right? That's what Chris Hinshaw was using for his aerobic capacity workshops. Was mm-hmm. our half, half pound cable, mm-hmm. which is a, you know a nice meaty cable that 
you can rotate slowly and feel connected and it'll it'll maintain a nice shape for you to, to jump through. And I remember Sarah in that video thought that there was something wrong with the rope. She's like, what's wrong with this rope? And, you know, and I'm, I'm just cracking up because she had just lost that tempo and lost the timing uh, or that biorhythm, if you will. And it's a, it's a trained skill that you got to keep practicing and it's, and it's good to have. For sure. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it may rely on some of the same foundational elements, but it, it really is a different movement. Yeah, po- posture and positioning is exactly the same. That's what we tell people. Posture and positioning should look the same. Your single should look just like your double, only your double is going to be higher in the air. Yeah. Really, you know, you put more emphasis on the lift. A little more and, hang time. That yep, should be the time. only difference. Yep, yep, agreed. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, fun stuff. Fun talking about all this technique and, and, uh, coaching stuff. I get real excited about it. Now you, I mean, you haven't rested on your laurels with your original RX rope either. I mean, you, you certainly didn't stop there. I mean, that, that may be, um, you know, how you got into the space and, um, that's certainly what I have experience with. Um, but you've got quite a bit of other equipment under the brand of RX smart gear, and you've got more than one, um, uh, patented, uh, rope style as well. So what can you tell me about, like, what are the differences with the Evo speed ropes and the rapid fit uh, rope that you introduced? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. No, no resting on laurels. I have this, I have this hashtag. I, I, I probably didn't, in, didn't create the hashtag, but whenever I, I make posts, sometimes it's innovate or stagnate, right? Mm-hmm. Like you got to keep improving, you got to keep innovating. And, um, and so the, the funny thing is, is that was a struggle. That was a mental struggle for a long time for me because our original RX rope was so effective uh, and so cost effective as well mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I didn't try and make anything different for seven or eight years. That was our main staple product that we sold for a jump rope. You know, of course, it came with various cable thicknesses. And that was, you know, the that was the nice, you know, stimulus change up was, oh, make it heavier, make it lighter, right? Change the stimulus. But the same rope uh, produced you know, everything you needed. And so, you know, I really did not put a lot of uh, thought into, you know, creating a new jump rope. And, mm-hmm. you know, for the first, like I said, seven or eight years, and of course, you know, the market gets flooded and a lot of new new competitors, new players, you know, come and want to want to kind of throw their hat into the ring. And, and, and that's great, you know, that the competition is always healthy. Um, but what I didn't like was that, you know, the way uh, the way the marketplace was perceiving the value and it was shifting away from what we were producing with our product to the, the light speed rope, the light fast speed rope was, was more necessary, right. Or, or became more important or more sexy, whatever, whatever the draw might be. But, uh, and then we started hearing, you know, when we'd go to the games or we'd go to regionals or places where we'd inter- interface with, uh, the marketplace, and we hear customers say, yeah, you know, I learned with your jump rope. I learned with an RX rope and it was awesome. The best jump rope I could learn with. But now I want to go to a light speed rope, you know, so they'd buy something from Rogue or one of our competitors. Right. And and that that bugged me because you could put a light cable on our on our same jump rope handles. Like, we, we Yeah, that's that. that's what I did. I, I went to the lightest. Once I had my doubles and I was really starting to get good at them, I just kept taking down a notch to the next lightest rope that I could get. Um, so I wondered what, you know, what might motivate somebody to switch to a different style of rope when they're 
you know, they're really efficient with one particular rope and, and the option that you can change out is the, the weight of the cable itself. Right. Absolutely. And, and you just hit it on the head. Like it, it becomes an option. Like when you become really efficient, that, that now opens options for you to explore other stimulus, right. And try other things. And so, you know, that, so for us, it was like, well, our, our original basic RX rope, you know, provided a lot of different stimulus. You could put four to five different thicknesses of cable from speed rope up to quarter pound cable, and then eventually half pound and one pound cable. Um, so we just didn't feel the need to change. And we kept trying to educate the marketplace, or I should say re-educate the marketplace that, hey, the rope, it's not about having something super light and fast. In fact, our thoughts on those physics are, are contrary. Like, we don't want a super light handle. That's never been our priority mm. because you lose the lever effect. If you have a little bit of weight in your handles, a little bit of strategic weight, it creates kind of a lever-like or gyroscopic effect when you use it properly and you learn how to relax your wrist, have a nice fingertip grasp on the handles. Um, and you once you get it going, once you apply the initial torque and motor to get the rope rotating around you, now you can kind of let the, the the weight of the handle help rotate the rope, right? And when you have a super light handle that gives no leverage or input, that means you're the motor 100% of the time. You have to be the one driving that rope around your body 100% of the time. So, right. so we had a little bit different, you know, approach to to how those physics should be should be you know used or manipulated, if you will. And so, um, yeah, so we, I just, I didn't like hearing, and I was starting to hear even from our, our sponsored athletes. I remember having a conversation with Scott Panchik and, uh, Scott was at, you know, I think it was the Reebok summit that they would take all their athletes out to, um, the Bahamas and they would, you know, spend time out there and, and Scott's hanging out with other athletes that are using different jump ropes. And, and that's what he would hear from them. Like, oh yeah, RX ropes are too heavy. You know, I, I want a light speed rope and I think that's, you know, better for me. Mm-hmm. And so Scott came back, reported that to me. And I, and I would say the same thing, like Scott, they don't know how to jump. They're only used to using a light jump rope. And that's very one dimensional. You need to be able to jump with a light rope, a heavy rope, a slow rope, right? It's CrossFit. You need to be multifaceted and adept at anything and everything. Well, yeah, as we saw in, in phase one of the games this year with them being required to use a, a drag rope for Annie. Absolutely. Yeah. That was super fun for us. We were excited to, uh, to kind of, you know, get, get that in there. And so, yeah, exactly. And, and Dave is realizing that. I mean, if, if everything is driven by competition, right. And what the games do, which there's a big debate about that, right? Like mm. CrossFitters shouldn't necessarily try and emulate what games athletes are doing because what they're doing is superhuman, right? Mm. They're doing crazy things and they get access to certain equipment that a lot of us won't necessarily. But, um, so, you know, but they do kind of set the trends. That's what puts it in the, in the audience's crosshairs of like what's happening out in the CrossFit world. But, um, but no, with a jump rope, why shouldn't you have challenges? Why shouldn't you have other, other stim stimuli that, you know, challenges your body? Uh, and I got, I got real tired of hearing athletes tell me, I don't want to feel when I do double unders, I don't want to feel it. Like mm-hmm. that's my, that's my rest movement. And I would have to like ha- make them think a little deeper and have them qualify that statement because I would say, it, well, if you're competing, you're in a competition, 
And yeah, the objective is to get through that workout as fast as possible with the least amount of damage as possible to your to your body or your central nervous system or whatever, right? Least right, amount. Of- yeah. Yeah, I get it. Use a light speed rope and let double unders become your your rest uh, your rest movement. However, that's that's a small percentage of every every athlete's life. You know, I mean, the the rest of us we're just training to be better human beings. We're training to be stay fit and and stay healthy. And so when you, when you are training, I think the goal is you do want to feel your double unders. You do want to feel whatever exercise you're doing to improve your, your, um, capacity. Right. So, you know, and then when, when you break it down that way, athletes would be like, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, you know, cause people just got so one-sided. I think, I think where people got kind of trapped in this mind, this, uh, this thought process was, well, if I can, you know, like, let's just say in a regular wad at your gym with your gym mates, your buddies, if I can get through the double unders, you know, um, with the least amount of, of taxing as possible and then be able to get through my thrusters or my pull-ups or burpees or whatever and then finish the workout and, and, and beat my friend, I'm fitter than him, right? Like I'm fitter. Finish the workout faster. I must be fitter. But if you really look at what you did is, well, you just took the easiest path, path possible. Mm. You're allowed to bring your own jump rope to the to the wad so you're allowed to like reduce the stimulus and get the lightest easiest jump rope around but you and still get an rx right Mm, right if you say hey you know what i know that the the rx workout is to do 95 pound thrusters i'm just going to do an empty bar you know (laughs) yeah yeah, that was that was partly that was one of the interesting things about about awful annie was the fact that they supplied the rope so absolutely everybody was using the same piece of equipment Hundred percent, yeah, so cool, right? So not only uh, not only were they automatically taxed because just turning a drag rope is just takes more. Even if you're efficient at it, mm. it just exponentially more energy than a regular speed rope. So that that was really cool. I watched a lot of the videos of the athletes, and you know, a lot of the top tier athletes did great. You know, they 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 didn't struggle or trip a ton. Mm. Uh, I didn't see a lot of videos of some of the other athletes that that. Um, you know, may not have as much exposure to that rope. And, and when we've seen that rope used in uh, competition, like at the Granite Games and uh, in some of these master's comps, a lot of times athletes would do 20 to 30 unbroken double unders and then have to purposely stop to catch their breath because mm. they're ride, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's really cool to see that. But what I was going to get at is we only supplied three sizes, small, medium, large. Mm. And you know, the athlete had to get something that felt reasonably close to, you know, what they thought would work and go with it. And that in itself makes you so much more versatile in being able to adjust and compensate for the length of the rope. Right. So, so that was a cool test and I'm super, super grateful and stoked that, that Dave put him in. And, um, you know, it's a funny story that he threw those in really on a, on a kind of a last minute whim, because I sent those to, to his house uh, I sent two packages, one directly to his front door and the other one to the ranch and with a nice little note saying, Dave, I would love for you to try these ropes out. Um, I, I think uh, they are a great stimulus and they would be challenging. And I know a lot of athletes probably aren't training with them. So mm. he, he, he left that package unopened 
both packages actually unopened for weeks, if not going on a month or more. And then um, he just happened to open it up, saw what was in there. And we had all three, I sent him all three sizes, all packaged up. Um, and so he just, with my note, so he just stuck it in his travel bag, hopped on a plane, flew to Colorado to meet with Eric Rosa and Nicole Carroll. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he challenged Rosa and, and Nicole to a double under contest and said, Hey, I've got these ropes. I've never used them. Look, they're still packaged up and, uh, let's, you know, first one to a hundred wins and they broke them out and they went for it. And he actually posted that on his stories, which was really, really cool. Right. And at the time, I didn't know he had any inkling or thought of putting it into the games, but it was really cool that he actually posted the video and uh, tagged us. And, and he and I had a little conversation going on the side about it. I asked him how he did and, and, and whatnot. And so uh, it was a very just, you know, lighthearted conversation. But then it was um, a few weeks after that, that he called me directly and said, Hey, I want to put them in. They're awesome. You know, so um, very, very grateful for that opportunity. And it was fun. And, and, um, and yeah, so uh, the rest is history on that one. But I, I don't remember our original topic because you and I, we were like just going down rabbit holes. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, well, I mean, we were talking about, about your, your, I guess, perpetual state of innovation. Oh, the um, different ropes. Sorry, you're right. You're right. Um, you, yeah, so you, you've now introduced an adjustable, but it's, it's small adjustments, right? It's not like the traditional uh, adjustment correct. Um, type of thing. What, yeah, so what does, exactly. what does the rapid fit entail? I had a look through the, through the details on the website. Um, can you describe how the adjustment mechanism works? Yeah, for sure. So the rapid fit, you know, it um, there's a button at the at the butt end of the handle. The the the, the thicker end of the handle is a button in the in the in the end, and you press on it, and then you pull on the cable, and the whole internal sleeve will will pop out of the of the outer handle. Mm-hmm. And inside that internal sleeve, we call it the stem. There are five little slots that are an inch apart. So every time you slide the cable in and latch it into the next um, little notch, you've, you've shortened it or, or lengthened it one inch. Right. So each handle has four inches of adjustments, you know, so eight inch, eight inch totals of adjustment, which is more than anybody needs, right? Yeah. Like when you're trying to figure out where you need to be, um, you know, you're going to start and, you, you know, you're going to adjust, you know, up or down, you know, two to three to four inches maybe uh, on an average case, right? Um, so yeah, so that, that our whole thing with, with bringing that rope out was I just didn't like that every jump rope out there, um, that adjusts, it adjusts what we call very haphazardly. You have no inkling how much you're shortening or lengthening it. And then once you do find that, that sweet spot and you lock it in, you don't know how long that is. Mm. You can, you can measure it up to your body and go, oh, well, it's right by my rib cage or right by my sternum or right at my nipple or whatever you want to say. Right. But you don't really know. And there's still some variable in there because I've watched people do this for the last over a decade that when they step on a rope to measure, they'll do it a number of different ways. A lot of people like to step on the jump rope with two feet. They usually have their feet hip width apart or so, give or take, right? The feet are never together. And then they pull the butt end of the handles up to their armpits and they try and see where the tip end of the, the butt end of the handle, you know, where it hits them on their body. And there's so many variables you're playing with there that can lead to inaccuracy. 
you know, and, and the other thing that people don't account for is that, and I see them do this all the time when they're holding the handles up to their armpits, they're usually bending down to look and see. Oh yeah. True. Right. Yeah. They're, they're changing their measuring stick without even knowing they're changing their measuring stick. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's just so many variables there. And so, um, so I, so I don't like haphazard adjusting. Like we, especially if you take it from the competitive perspective, you want to know the length of your rope to an inch exactly mm. if you want, if you want to perform optimally. So we always say you should know your rope size like you know your shoe size. So if you want to have a, a good run, if you have to sprint or run a 5K and you want that to be uh, a competitive run for you, you're going to wear shoes that fit right, right? I mean, you can get it done in you know big shoes or whatever, but you want what fits what right. And same thing with a jump rope. If you want to perform optimally, you should know what length is optimal. Once you know that, great, you have that information, but you then should be able to operate with anything you pick up. So you should train yourself to jump with something shorter than your optimal mm-hmm. if you have to and something much longer than your optimal. So that's a big you know, premise for us that we, we really um, you know, lean into. And so and I'll, give you a, I'll give you a great anecdote for that. Um, there was an athlete that competed at the games a couple years in a row named Zach Carchetti. I don't know if you remember Zach. No. Great guy. Uh, just, just a, yeah, great guy, just a hard worker. Not a, not a real big guy, you know, not your strongest guy, but just had a motor. And so we're, we're in Madison at the game. Zach used our stuff. He's kind of one of our ambassadors. And, um, and he uh, was in the first group, like literally Castro held the, um, the athlete meeting, athlete briefing and said, hey, this next workout, you need your jump rope. You're going to be doing double unders and thrusters, and it was it was that retread of the open workout, right? Mm-hmm. Like thirty double unders and 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 ten thrusters or something like that for what? ten rounds. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. So they brought it back. They brought it back for the games. I don't. They might have gone heavier on the barbell. I can't remember if they had heavier thrusters, but so he goes first first heat. You're up. You're up in five minutes or whatever. Like gave them no time to warm up, and where they had them have the briefing was a far distance from where the athlete, you know, kind of like hangout area or, or, or staging area was. And so Zach found himself without a freaking jump rope. So he texts me, I'm at my booth, you know, in the vendor village, Dave, I'm in the first heat. I don't have a jump rope. I go, great. What's your size? He says, eight, four done. So we immediately put together a brand new jump rope. It was an evil speed rope that we know he used. And we put an eight, four, uh, we call it a speed metal, but it's the thinnest speed wire, you know, that we sell. And, and I sprinted for the Coliseum is the indoor, indoor, uh, uh, event in the Coliseum. Luckily, you know, we had tickets, you know, we, we, uh, for that. And so sprinted for the Coliseum, sprinted in, got super lucky finding the right corridor to go down and run down the, the, the stairs to the bottom of the, the, the viewing area. Right. And, um, and happened to be like right in line for where all the athletes were laying their jump ropes down and staging them up to, to start the, you know, then they had to go back all the way up against the wall and tuck, put their hand on the wall. Right. Yeah. So Zach was the last guy on the floor. He's literally in the middle, middle lane of the floor. He, he borrowed jump rope from somebody and was, was about to set it down. And I yelled from the stadium, Zach, and I'm holding a jump rope up. Right. And so, they literally had like 30 seconds to start the workout, you know? And so he's like, you can see him looking around frantically. What do I do? What do I do? Yeah. He takes the 
rope in his hands. He flings it off the floor, sprints over, grabs the rope out of my hands, goes and puts it in his lane, runs over, hand against the wall, and then they started the countdown to start the workout, right? And so he, you know, runs to his, you know, I forgot what you do first. We do thrusters first, then double unders. But basically when he picks up the rope, the only error he made was that he didn't unfurl his rope, right? We always coil our ropes up like a garden hose. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it, it didn't have any clips or anything on it, but it was still kind of coiled up. So he didn't unfurl it and, and lay it out like a, like a horseshoe on the ground. Mm-hmm. He just kind of tossed it in a quick hurry and then went to go line up. So when he got back to his rope and he picked it up, it was it had kind of a little tangle in it. And he put his foot in the middle of it and tried to yank up on the handles to to untwist it, which is the worst thing you could do with, with a cable wire. Mm. Ended up putting a nasty kink in the middle of the cable. So then he had to like try and unbend it really quick, get the kink out, and then start jumping. And, you know, mind you, this is a jump rope that he'd never touched before. He didn't warm up with it, nothing. Right. Well, he tripped one time, I think, in that first round of 30, and then he went unbroken the entire rest of the workout, went unbroken, right? Because he had the rope that fit him perfectly. Right. You know what I mean? So. That, that's like the best anecdote I could give to anybody, like to know your rope size, like, you know, your shoe size and, uh, but then be able to be able to work with anything above or below that, you know? So, so that's what the, with the rapid fit, I know I went off on a total tangent, but the rapid fit, we wanted it to adjust so that people know they're starting at whatever the rope bottoms out at. You can buy a few different length cords for that. So the standard would bottom out at eight, four. Right. So any you move it one inch you're notching it you know you're going to eight five eight six you know eight seven so forth so mm-hmm. you know we, we like to have an educational component to all of our products and, and when they're using it and um and help people have a better understanding you know and, and it makes for a better experience so uh it gets back to the real estate days just, we want to give people the knowledge and help them you know make good decisions and empower them with with that knowledge so right that's that's the rapid fit. It's a great product. I love that jump rope. I could see it working for for the gyms that you know are looking to provide ropes to their members that don't that haven't gone to the to the uh, step of buying their own yet. Yeah. And, and you know now they would have the ability not only to select their favorite rope because you know arguably if they bought a whole bunch of these they'd all be the same, but they'd they'd also know definitively what setting to put it on so that it's the right length for them. It's a little like knowing exactly, you know, where you're supposed to put the uh, the the J hooks in for your height back squat. Um, you know, I mean, anything along those lines. Something that's exactly. repeatable makes it a lot easier. Exactly. Yeah. No. No. For sure. That was the whole the whole purpose there. Um, so yeah, and 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 it and it's really simple and quick. You could literally, you know, we kind of market it as, as just an all around nice fitness rope. We put our three ounce, a little over three ounce cable, which is the same cable. We call it the buff cable. And that's the same cable we use on all of our gym packages that we sell to affiliates. And and that, that, that should be kind of a baseline rope that everybody uses as a daily trainer. And in my opinion, that's the one that I started with for sure. Yeah. It should be the one you train with on a regular basis. Like that should be your just go to regular rope that you don't even think twice about. And you know, you can hit you know, a, a high number with it, you know, whether it's a hundred, 150 double unders, or, you know, you're, you're just, you're lethal at 50 double unders. You can go unbroken without feeling taxed because you can move that rope uh, efficiently with good mechanics and not feel 
even slightly tax from it. And, and so when you develop that level of efficiency, the good news is anytime you choose to go lighter and say use a speed wire, mm. you're, you're going to feel like you're cheating because it's going to feel that easy. Oh, yeah. And then anytime you have to go heavier or choose to go heavier, it's not going to be that big of a shock to your system to go to something heavier because you've already developed that efficiency with something that's kind of in the middle ground, right? Right. And so that's our, that's our you know, um, biggest advice we can give to anybody training out there. Don't get stuck at the light end of the spectrum and make that everyday trainer because you're doing yourself a disservice. You're going to suffer anytime you use anything else. You're going to suffer, guaranteed. Right. I like that you've got, uh, um, I mean, you've also got rotational trainers and you've got an adaptive uh, monorope as well, which I thought was kind of an interesting um, addition within your product catalog. Um, was that something that just came about because of demand as well, or did you predict that people would want it? No, that, you know, that's a, that's a funny story. The monorope, I'm super proud of the monorope because I actually built my first uh, version of a monorope out of, out of PVC, uh, took two pieces of PVC, one that would fit inside the other mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, had the inner PVC extend out a little bit further on the end so I could, you know, drill a hole and poke a wire, attach a cable through it. And then you just hold the outer PVC as like a sleeve. And I, I literally created that as a training tool, mm-hmm. right? So you hold it with two hands. And what it does is it gives you an amazing visual of what your axis looks like, right? Like if you're a tightrope walker carrying the long pole to balance yourself. Oh, yeah. You could, you could tell if you're tilting and you had one hand lower than the other or, you know what I mean, or one hand was overactive and doing a lot more of the rotating than the other hand. It was a great visual tool for you to see the minute you kind of connected the handle into one long yeah. stick. It's certainly easier to see. I mean, I know that you're supposed to be watching for your hands and your peripheral vision anyway, but that, that yeah. would make it unmistakable. If you're looking in a mirror, if you're videotaping yourself and recording it back, you know, recording yourself so that you could, uh, you know, go back and kind of self critique and self correct. Right. Uh, or if you're watching yourself in a mirror while you're jumping, it made it so obvious if you had a uh, an imbalance, and a, a lot of people do have an imbalance, and that that can be you know one hand just happens to ride a little lower than the other, one hand is further away from the hips than the other hand, um, one hand you know very typical that one hand um, is is more active and will make more circular motion than the opposite hand, right? Your non dominant hand. So there are all these little imbalances that that lead to tripping. Right. And um, and so that's what that's what people tend to do is that they'll have an imbalance. And rather than identify and correct the imbalance, they'll just buy a longer jump rope that gives them more tolerance to to compensate. Right. To try and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mitigate that imbalance when you know, our whole thing is, well, no, why don't you learn what your imbalance is and try and be aware of it so you can manage it and then get a rope that is shorter and more efficient. It gives you less tolerance, less room for error, obviously, but you'll be more efficient overall. And so, yeah, so that that's what that original mono rope, and I didn't even have a name for it, right? It was just a tool that I made. And then quite a few years back, I don't know, four or five, I might have been going six years back, you know, uh, Crystal Cantu was this amazing young gal, um, uh, I think out of, I don't know if she was out of Texas at the time, but anyway, she was a CrossFitter, just a, just a recreational CrossFitter. And she was in a rollover car accident and, and, um, lost 
her part of her arm, you know, her one arm. Oh, wow. Her arm was kind of hanging outside the door when the car rolled and mashed it. And I don't, yeah, whatever. It was pretty gruesome, but she woke up in the hospital without one of her arms mm -hmm. and, you know, basically had a, a nub. A lot, a lot of my amputee friends, you know, um, like Logan Aldridge and, and Crystal Cantu, they affectionately call their remaining remaining portion of arm, they call it a nub. So I'm not being, you know, sarcastic by saying that. So, right. yeah, so um, she came on the scene and she was the first gal that most people had encountered um, that would post her, her CrossFit workouts doing everything with one arm. Mm -hmm. And it so inspirational, man. It was phenomenal. She was, you know, just cleaning jerks, you know, grabbing in the middle of the bar, doing a clean and jerk or a snatch and, you know, you name it. Um, and it was super, super cool. And she, you know, she would post that she was doing bigger lifts with one arm than she could do with two arms prior to her accident. Uh, obviously just cause she had a whole new focus and, and an intent on what her training was. Right. Um, great therapy for her, um, you know, mental, me mentally it was great therapy for her as well as physically just to get herself strong. And, uh, and she was just a, a freaking whirlwind, um, amazing individual. So I just reached out to her and I asked her, Hey, Hey, what are you, what are you doing for a jump rope? How are you attempting to do double unders? And what she was doing at the time was taking one handle of a, of a regular jump rope and, Velcroing or taping it or however affixing it to the pull-up rig, the upright of the pull-up rig, and then she would hold the other, you know, handle in her in her hand. Oh yeah, okay. She would literally double dutch herself. Yep. She was a one-person double dutch, you know, uh, act going on. And so I said, okay, I go, I, I could see that, but you know, the problem is you can't always, you can't, you yeah. always do that, right? You're not always going to have the opportunity to get up next to a rig and, and, and affix your jump rope to it. Yeah. It's limiting um, for sure. Very limiting. Right. And the other problem to that is that, cause I've done it before. I've, we've tried all these other things out and, and when you're holding one handle of a jump rope and the other handle is at a fixed height, when you're jumping up and down and, and the one handle is going up and down with your body, you're creating a huge imbalance in the rope, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, so there were just a lot of issues with that to, uh, that could definitely be improved on. So I said, Hey, let me, let's work together. Let me come up with some different ideas and prototypes and things. Um, so I, I went to work trying to just come up with all these different ways to, um, create a jump rope that she could be independent and she could jump rope and do double unders just, just like somebody with two hands and came up with, you know, a weightlifting belt that had a jump rope handle, you know, affixed on one hip. Mm -hmm. Right. That way it's connected to her body and that way she could, it'll, and then it moves move. with her. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, so tried different things like that, um, with, with moderate success, you know, some of those just, you know, were really difficult and, and had different issues with them. And, and so, you know, one day I, I saw that, that PVC mono rope, you know, uh, um, uh, piece that I had and I, and I grabbed it and started trying it with one hand holding it in the middle and lo and behold, it was like, wow, this thing actually is not bad. The PVC was a little bit too flimsy and it had a little bit of a, of a kind of a wobble in it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I started trying to make prototypes with more rigid material and yeah, put one together, sent it to her and the rest is history. It was life changing. She, you know, got it, started practicing with it and immediately fell in love, immediately felt autonomous, independent, 
you know, capable, right? Because she's jumping just like the rest of us. She's just holding it in a different way, right? Because, you know, the only way she could, she only had one hand. And so, uh, yeah, so that, that, that really was an awesome, um, you know, uh, experience to kind of go through that process with her and, and come up with that. And, uh, you know, it's the first, it's the first, and as far as I know, only jump rope of its type in the world, right. For an amputee. Mm. And so that's led us to partnering with people like Bethany mm. Hamilton, right. The surfer pro surfer who had her arm bitten off by a shark, uh, when she was like 13 years old. And, um, and, and, you know, she has a foundation, uh, a nonprofit foundation where she'll bring, um, applicants from all over the world. You, usually they're young, young gals, you know, teenagers into their twenties, who've had some tragic limb loss from whether it was a, a tragic accident or, you know, a disease or, or what have you, right? Uh, or birth defect, perhaps, you know? And so she'll, she'll bring them together uh, to spend a week in, uh, coincidentally, in, in Del Mar, which is, you know, in, near San Diego, you know, 20 minutes away from us. And so um, we met um, the, uh, um, uh, the gal that runs her foundation at the games, and uh, Sarah Hill, just an amazing human being, and talked to her and told her, she told us about her, what they do. And we said, oh, my gosh, we have something for you. Like, our mono rope is perfect, you know. And, and so she's like, that's amazing because we want to teach these young girls about fitness and, and staying healthy and staying strong and, and that their body is still capable. And we said, it's a marriage made in heaven. So we started supporting their foundation, coming out whenever they do their, their retreats and, you know, uh, helping the girls, uh, you know, with their, their uh, learning fitness and, and kind of introducing them to CrossFit and learning how to adapt uh, and, and do adaptive CrossFit, right? Yeah. And uh, so there's a big segment with jump rope. And, you know, one of the other things we'll make for them, it's not something we sell on the market, but, you know, I'll buy a bunch of wrist wrist supports that you can get them at, you know, CVS or any, any, uh, drugstore. It's like a, a wrist support for carpal tunnel syndrome that usually has like a little metal plate that runs along the palm. Yep. So I'll, I'll take those, I'll buy them for left hand and I'll buy them for right hand. And I'll literally take our original jump rope and I'll drill and, and screw it to that metal plate. And so amputees or, or people with a limb difference, if they have, you know, enough of an arm remaining, usually down to the elbow or even, you know, you know, between the elbow and wrist, if they have any portion of the arm, they can actually attach one of those and, and strap it on and jump rope using two arms with a makeshift hand, you know, that brace acts as a makeshift hand and they can jump rope and crush double unders just as good as anybody. So really flipping fun to, to get out and, and, uh, and, and work with those gals and, um, yeah, such a such a uh, fulfilling endeavor, right? Just um, oh, yeah. starting from a garage hobby, a garage hobby to affecting people's lives on that level. And some of these kids, John, literally will break down in tears of joy because they thought they could never jump rope again. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I re like literally never thought I would jump rope again. Right. And here's a whole new leash on on you know, what their body could do and, and, and athletics and, and fitness. So cool, man. Uh, adaptive athletes are absolutely incredible. The, the, the mental fortitude that they have is absolutely unrivaled. 
Um, I only just started working with an adaptive athlete recently for the very first time. And um, I just couldn't believe what he was capable of. Um, you know, he was leading me around, telling me what his, his uh, scaling would be. And uh, man, uh, I mean, he was just so good at absolutely everything that he did. Um, you know, and, and I've only done the one class with him. I can't wait to see what happens next. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's impressive, super impressive and just huge respect, uh, to, to those athletes. And, you know, they're, they're, they're just breaking down barriers left and right. And it's just amazing to see breaking those barriers. Down. So in, in going from, uh, you know, a, a, a garage operation to, you know, one of the, one of the larger players in the, the functional fitness space, what's next? Um, you know, what are you, what is, what's the plan moving forward? Do you have any, uh, big product releases coming up next. I did see on Instagram that you released a, a, a new inflatable mat um, for training purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, super excited about that. That's been well received, and uh, I think we're almost sold out of our initial our initial uh, inventory of, of the RX Air Mat. And mm-hmm. um, you know that that Air Mat is awesome, and I'm so stoked. It's taken a while to get that to market, but. You know, when we moved into our facility, we have a we have a fully functioning CrossFit gym at our headquarters, and um, and it's where we, you know, in fact, right now you probably can't hear it, but my staff members are on a lunch break and they're working out in there now. But um, but uh, we'll test products out. You know, we'll staff will work out in there. We'll do workshops and and you know corp- corporate workshops or what have you. You know, in the gym out there, and um, and so one of the things that I um, ironically. Elite gymnastics that you mentioned early in our in our interview, elite gymnastics. You know, I, I you know got to be friends with the owners of that gym, and I traded them a whole you know uh, stock of jump ropes for their team kids in exchange for um, some spring floors, right? Like a gymnastic spring floor. Typical spring floor is made up of four foot by eight foot sheets of plywood, uh, plywood or some type of fiberglass laminated you know board that has these, you know, three inch uh, springs drilled in every, you know, whatever, every four or five inches on the bottom. And so I, I brought these spring floor sections over into our facility and I would take athletes that needed help and put them on the spring floor where they could, it would give them a little bit of extra lift, would teach them how to bound properly, right? The, the, the plyometrics of a bound and, and how to, you know, firm up their body and, and uh, use the stretch reflex from the calves and Achilles to bound off this spring floor. And then with that, that extra airtime, they could relax and learn how to rotate the jump rope efficiently instead of just flapping away with you right. know, all this tension up in their arms. So, and then that was a great way to teach people, take people from singles to doubles and then from doubles to triples, mm-hmm. you know, without the floor and without all of the repetitive pounding that you can, you can encounter with, you know, doing a lot of reps. And so, um, so I've had these spring floors and then I had to go have this custom cart made that, that could carry, we take these boards and stand them up on edge and put them on this cart so that we could roll them, you know, roll them in and out of the way. So it's just so big and cumbersome, uh, but, but highly efficient. You know, I think we were probably the only jump rope facility in the world that was utilizing that on a regular basis. It was, it was super, super helpful, but yeah. So that air mat is now the, you know, kind of the upgrade, right? It's the 2.0 from the original spring floor to, Hey, here's a bouncy floor that is, you, you can, you can achieve in this inflatable mat that you can, you know, roll up and put in a duffel bag and throw it in your trunk 
and and take it anywhere out mm. to the park, or, uh, or and then you know open it up, pump it up with a foot pump, and literally you know three to five minutes get it nice and firm and get that extra assistance. You know when you're you're learning new skills or training your doubles, or some people just take a pounding regardless. They can be great at double unders, but they're like, man, my knees will ache. You know, for for days after I do a double under workout, well, and now this this air mat will help uh, hopefully mitigate a lot of a lot of that. And so, uh, yeah, so I'm super stoked to bring those out and uh, get those on the market. And it's not a cheap item, and and but people are seeing the value in it. And like I said, we're I think we're just about sold out on those. Might have a couple left, and so trying to get some more in house. So air mat's awesome. Um, we have, uh, yeah, our G2 Evo. You mentioned our Evo line of speed ropes. Yeah. And so uh, we have our third um, third Evo coming out. It's our We call it our second generation. So it's named the G2 Evo for second generation uh, from the first Evo that we released in 2017. Um, and then we have the Evo Go, which is its own, just, you know, uses the same technology as far as all the bearings and connections and, and all those things, but it's in a smaller, smaller handle, lighter and smaller handle for people that just prefer a different feel, you know, right. um, handle. So, mm-hmm. so the G2 is our latest and greatest, um, probably my, my, you know, favorite and, and most proud creation. Cause I think it's kind of, I just don't know how we can make a speed rope any better than that. You know, right. uh, I shouldn't say that because I thought that with the Evo and the Evo wasn't entirely what I, you know, it wasn't, when we brought it out, there were things I still wanted to do to it that at the time my engineers and my machinists were like, yeah, not a good idea. We can't do this. Can't do that. At least to, to produce or manufacture on a high volume scale. Right. And so I talked out of a lot of things. And then now fast forward three years later, the, I think the G2 kind of reflects the, the final culmination of everything I wanted to, to, to have in that speed rope. And, uh, and we, we spent a ton of time, you know, creating an awesome custom carry case for it. Uh, very tactical looking, very rugged and durable. And, um, it's just sexy and it's, it's, you know, it does look awfully cool in black. I'll, I will give you that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. We've sent a bunch out to our different, you know, top athletes, uh, you know, the ones that are, you know, competing at the games or, or, you know, just, you know, top games athletes uh, from the past. And, and, you know, we sent them out to them to get their initial feedback and man, it's been nothing but glowing. People are just, you know, grinning ear to ear. And uh, so we're stoked. I mean, it's expensive. I, I know we put a post out today that says, you know, does anybody really need a $150 speed rope? And the honest, truthful answer is no, not at all. <laughs> they really don't. You know, our, our standard jump rope uh, is great. And you can, you can get through any workout. I mean, it's all you need. Nobody needs one by any means. And we're never trying to promote that. Right. But if you can afford it, it's a whole different experience. It's a pretty freaking awesome uh, piece of equipment. And, uh, and you know, we get that a lot. A lot of people, when we first released the Evo, and that was priced at $125, which I knew was very expensive. But what people need to understand is that these ropes are 100% made in the U.S. They cost us a lot of money to make. Like our cost to to make an Evo and put it on the market is comparable to the retail cost 
of, of a lot of our competitors' best jump ropes. Let's put it that way, right? So what it costs us to make is what they're selling their jump ropes for. And, and that's not taking anything away from anybody, you know, and that's just a, a fact. So that's why it's priced that high. And the cool thing is, is that people that pick one up with a lot of reservation thinking this is ridiculous, there's no way I'm going to drop $125 on a jump rope. As soon as they get a chance to use it, complete mind changer. They're like, oh my gosh, now I get it. Totally different. And almost everybody that we encounter that tries it ends up buying it. And same thing with this one. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's nicer. And we have a lot more in the development of it and made a lot of changes from the original. Comes with this killer bag. It's going to come with an extra cable, come with a key ring magic. So it's really a, a nice package that's, uh, that's really a great value. Uh, that'll last somebody for a long, long time. So right. pretty about that. That'll be our so uh, do you figure that, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's certainly a lot on the horizon within the, the CrossFit space. There's a lot of really exciting stuff happening with uh, Eric Rosa becoming the CEO of CrossFit. I'm sure there's a lot yet to be announced that'll be coming over the, the next year, particularly as as hopefully we get back to our, our new normal after uh, after COVID. Um, you know, are you still going to have a, a presence at the games and are there other other uh, other places that we're going to wind up seeing RX Smart Gear pop up. Um, that's a great question. Honestly, um, you know, we we're not sure. Th- those are almost going to be game time decisions. Mm. Honestly, just because um, you know a lot of those events, um, they're you know they're kind of in growing stages or growing pains, if you will. And and uh, you know, I think each company has to look at what their, their goal or, or, you know, objectives are for attending those events, uh, whether it's, you know, one of the loud and live events, which they put on phenomenal events with Wadapalooza and Granite Game. They're going to be hosting the West Coast Classic here coming up in March, fingers crossed. Um, and, you know, or going to the games or, you know, when they had regionals and things like that. You know, you go to those events and in the early day for us, it was like, hey, we need to go mingle with the crowd. And, you know, our approach has always been about um, offering education and teaching people and and, uh, you know, touching them in that way and and hope that they enjoy our products and will buy it because that's how we pay the bills. Uh, So, you know, in the early day like that, that was needed. That's what we, we had to do to get out there and kind of grow. And, you know, the markets change and the way people do business and the way people find their products and find their information, all of that's changed, obviously, with social media. And so now we're having to sit back and go, is it, is it, worth, is it worth our time? Is that money best spent to go to those events? Or, you know, is it just that we have a lot of fun when we go to them, you know? Yeah. And we do. We have a great time. I mean, we're one of the few companies that actually went to the games 10, 10 years in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, Besides Rogue, and I'm still waiting for somebody to kind of give me a good answer on this, but besides Rogue, I don't know of, of any other company that's gone to the games 10 years in a row as a vendor, and this would have been our 11th year, which obviously nobody's going, right? right? Yeah. So everybody's going to pass. So, um, and, and I was really proud of that, right? That just showed a lot of history, um, you know, kind of a lot of heritage and where we came from, what we're about, a lot of support in the community. I yeah. mean, it cost us lot to go to the games yeah. as a company and we always you know took pride in being there and and um you know interfacing with the audience and a lot of people want us to be there and and so now 
we don't know. We don't know what that's going to look like. You know, we don't know if that's going to be the best investment with our money where we might do better just, you know, with, with digital marketing, trying to reach people through those avenues. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, so yeah, so we'll have to see. I mean, we are, we are slated to go to the West coast classic. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we put a deposit down to go or, or paid for our booth for this year that got postponed and we let that, that uh, deposit roll over for um, this upcoming March, 2021. Mm-hmm. And that's our backyard. So for us, that's a no brainer. It's our backyard. We want to be there. We want to support, support loud and live and support their event and, and the athletes. Uh, but beyond that, we, we really don't know. We don't have, we don't have anything on our calendar that we're going to do that. So, you know, we're really just focusing on, you know, we, we have more products we're developing and, and going to be bringing out, you know, hopefully by the end of the year or early next year. Um, and, you know, we're working hard to, you know, stay strong in the, in the CrossFit arena, but really uh, it's a big world of fitness out there and we want to touch all of it, you know, huge world of fitness from just your everyday fitness person that doesn't go to a CrossFit gym, right. but jumping rope. Uh, to all of the, you know, all the different team sports that are out there and collegiate sports that we could be assisting and helping improve their fitness. Um, you know, we have, we have a ton of Olympic partnerships that we're, um, we're very proud of with USA wrestling and USA boxing and USA judo and, and several others. So we're, we're, we're continuing with those into next year, uh, into the Olympic year. Um, so that'll be exciting and, and hoping we have a great showing there with, I mean, just our teams, our U.S. teams doing well. And, um, uh, you know, we have some track athletes that are our ambassadors that use our product religiously. So trying to support them. And yeah, so um, we're just trying to bring value, man. Like that's really, you know, our, our, our internal motto is, is we want to make you better, right? Like that's our goal, be better. So, um, you know, we're just trying to, live by that and, and put some quality products out there and put some good educational content out there and, and, uh, help as much as we can. And we make a great living doing it. And, you know, we're surrounded by amazing human beings that share the same love and passion for, for health and fitness. And, um, man, just makes the world go around. We're, 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 we're pretty lucky people. To me, it sounds like, you know, very much in keeping with your, your, uh, your overall instructional and, and, uh, clinic style, um, you're you're just going to continue to focus on fundamentals and and go where you need to go. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. That's I think you hit it right on the head. I have nothing to add to that. That's exactly it. <laughs> awesome. Well, David, thank you so much. I I can't begin to thank you enough. I've kept you uh, at least twice as long as I originally told you I would, but uh, I just I I couldn't stop asking questions. Uh, I well, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate you, and I, I apologize to your audience because I know that was probably really more enjoyable for you and I. To, to <laughs> I my suspicion is that a lot of the people that actually listen to the podcast geek out on this stuff almost as much as I do. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> very cool. Uh, can't can't wait to come out and, and to listen to it myself. Awesome. Thanks very much, David. Thank you, John. Have a great one. You too. Time's up, and we've come to a close on part two of this supersized episode of the Box Jumper podcast. Now for the AM wrap-up. I hope you enjoyed my chat with David as much as I did. He's been a part of the CrossFit and broader fitness community for a long time, growing his business along the way. And he had some not only great stories to share, but some fantastic tips for those of you that are still working on your double-unders. 
Whether you're still working on getting them, or you're just looking for refinements to help you get bigger and bigger sets more efficiently, I'd encourage you to check out the RX Method Comprehensive Double Unders tutorial on YouTube, hosted by David Newman, to get that mastery underway. My thanks to the team at RX Smart Gear for being so quick to connect me with David, and to David in particular for being so generous with his time for this supersized interview. If you don't want to miss the next episode of the podcast, subscribe to Automatic Downloads on your favorite podcasting app, and follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. My handle is at BoxJumperOver40. Visit BoxJumper.ca for more information, show notes, links, reviews, and tips, and to sign up for my mailing list. And if you're keen enough on what I'm doing with the podcast and you want to help others find it, write a review or give it a star rating on iTunes or Google, or just simply tell your fitness friends about it so that they can tune in as well. That's it for this episode. Enjoy all the action of Phase 2 of the CrossFit Games this weekend. I'll be watching for sure. Until next time, stay healthy, wad happy, and wad often. (laughs) 